Hi everyone, I hope you're all doing so good. My name is Danny Redmond and I am super excited to share with you my new podcast. It's called Tell Me The Whole Story, where I'm going to tell you some really fun stories that mean a lot to me. Like, I mean like, touch my heart and hope to die kind of stories. Like, these mean the world to me, so please be kind and please rewind. Because what I'm going to be saying for these 15 minutes are like so important. Times are tough and Ms. Rona is really putting everyone through the woodwork and just giving my love to everyone. You're all good and I love you all. And I hope that if you listen and you like it, this makes you happy. Um, and if you don't like it and you turn it off, turning it off and not listening to me makes you even more happy. Because sometimes I love doing that. I love being petty and bitchy. Uh, I don't actually I like to be nice to everyone uh, being nice is important but if a little moment of harmless bitchiness makes you laugh or gives you a bit of a smile without being horrid then good for you make yourself happy so yeah I'm not going to babble for too much longer but yes so the it's the idea is that these episodes are going to be about 15 minutes each might be longer might be shorter and then hopefully they might involve interviews and I might interview a few people who they are. I don't know. And why would I tell you? But it's going to be a lot of fun. And that's later along. That's later down the line. Um, That long line. And yes, those would be super fun. I'm thinking of calling them. Tell me your whole story. So yeah, it's just a bit. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just a play. It's just a play. And this is going to be so playful. So yeah, listen. Just listen. And yeah, let me know if you like it. Uh, and yeah, I'm just super excited. So I hope you are kind of excited too. Hello, my name is Denny Redmond. I think we're losing the art of telling a story. Don't you? So sit down, grab a NyQuil and allow your heart to feel the next 14 minutes. I'm here to tell you the whole story. I want this story to make you feel whole. The following story is not real, but it feels real to me. And isn't that all that matters? The story is called Imogen Found Her Favourite Thing. I hope you enjoy. Call me Ash. Go on, you know how this works. Bottoms up, teeth down, rawr. Imogen pulled a silly face for her dad, Mr. Imogen. Imogen had an issue with almost everything. Authority, gross misconduct in the kitchen. Granted, she was guilty of both, but Imogen didn't care. But Bay was a terrible name for an already pretty terrible place. But Imogen loved her home village. The expression, stupid bitch with sock-filled sandals, describes a misguided girl from a beachside village by the name of Britta Bay. With a population of less than 1,000, the southeast equator had that quaint but quirky tone that made you sweat and sweat and sweat until your undergarments were wet, wet and wet. Talk about a sociological swamp. Do not dare dampen Imogen's limelight. Oh, libido, because if it wasn't clear enough, this small world was too mush for the inhibitions 
of Imogen. Born in the year of the rat, she forever embodied the spineless yet fatigued features of a rodent with the face of a fuckable gerbo. From the age of three, she had that inexplicable craving for attention with a slight hint of desperation. Perhaps I'm just saving face because a slight hint often escalated into definite physical and tangible desperation. Worthless is a word to describe something that has no value or use. And Imogen sometimes felt worthless. In school, she studied the poetry of Derek Mahan for her leaving certificate, pre-COVID-19, and found resounding familiarity within his poem, A Disused Shed in County Wexford. Much the spirit of the Tibetan people. The shed had once been a space for growth, prosperity, and love. Though, through misfortune and colonization, the derelict hotel became home to wild flora and fucking mushrooms gathered around a keyhole. I reckon a few wild mushrooms have witnessed the deep secrets of her keyhole. Though, the average GP would call those mushrooms skin tags. Fun fact, the more you tease a skin tag, the more it bleeds. Imogen had an issue with telling lies. She wanted to be more interesting than 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 than, than all of the other girls who had left her behind. But her lies were never extreme. The issue was more the tears. It was like a river, you know. She could drown an intergenerational family of five with her crocodile tears. Imogen refused to go to university. Her father, Mr. Imogen, was very disappointed in his daughter's lack of ambition. He himself had founded the Drama Society in UCD after years of repeating his second year of a fairly accessible arts degree. He needed a place for over-ambitious dramaturgs who should have channeled it elsewhere. That being said, they had such fun. Instead of university, Imogen was working in a very small library where she franked mail, tidied fiction novels and sent overdue invoices to those hard enough to never attend their books. The injustice, grimaced Imogen while wiping almond dark chocolate crumbs off her keyboard, which was too sticky to type with. She sat next to Sorka, a boring botch, without even the slightest sense of self. Bore. Imogen, could I ask you to double-check the historical novel shelf? We're missing a few Jacqueline Wilson. You know you could just ask. You don't need to ask to ask. Whoa. Fair enough. If you're going to delegate, Sorka, just do it. Could you check? Absolutely, Sorka. Do you think Imogen checked for Dustin Baby? Dustbin Baby. No way. She stole it weeks ago and kept it to her heart. Her mother had done the same to her, but instead of a dustbin, it was a glass bin. Imogen had scars. That was the perfect time for Imogen to skive off work and catch up on designing women. But wait, what was that? An opportunity to create unnecessary stress to fill the void that her father, Mr. Imogen, reignited every single day? Buzz, buzz.
It was a text. <clears throat> it read, Imogen, you disappoint me every day. You could not even manage a half-seated matinee. Remember the importance of being earnest, bitch. That text was too mush for Imogen to take. She did not want to go to university or college because, remember, she hated authority. She only could just about bear the library because Sorka was so bad at authority. Put your goddamn foot down, Sorka. Imogen did not deserve criticism from her father, and she would no longer take it. Imogen had to make her mark, some way, somehow. Then it hit her, much like the shards of glass, during her first experience of object permanence. See no evil, hear no evil, but except it, it, it's a broken bottle of kombucha. Ouch! She would make the most bold statement. She would burn down the library with her own two hands. First, she had to inform Sorka of her plans to burn down the small library. She had to stick to protocol. And that is why I have to burn down the library. Sorka did not respond how Imogen wanted nor expected. No, I don't really think you should burn down the library because your father hasn't realised that his year of grace to join UCD societies has been expired for two decades. <laughs> More like three. Rawr. Can we compromise? Sure. I flood the entire building. I'm sorry, Imogen. I'm going to have to reject that idea also. It would be bad for the library. I think you're being bad for the library. You're fired. <laughs> if only it was that easy to fire me, Sorka gave a faint, faint but firm wink. Oh, but it is, honey. Imogen took out a gun. Sorka perked up and started to retreat rapidly. Much like Shelley Duvall in The Shining, which, was, as you may recall, was such a well-acted scene. Performers can make strong choices. Don't be so conservative in your approach. Hollywood. Hollywood. Dr. Phil can also rot for exploiting her on his shit show. Shelley Duvall deserved and deserves better. Please watch her work. She is such a talent. The gun was plastic, and Imogen was so happy she pulled a power move. Sorka was less pleased, but who was she going to scold by herself? The room was silent, and neither woman could handle the uncomfortable silence. Imogen started to speak. Apologise now, Imogen. Sorka stood strong for the first time in her life. I'm sorry, Sorka. Imogen needed a mother figure, and was she finally going to get one? Reckless girl, Sorka slapped Imogen and pointed her finger very sharply into Imogen's abdomen. If this wasn't autocratic leadership, can someone please let me know in writing what is? You put a gun to my face. It was plastic, Sorka. It was plastic. Shut up, girl. You never had a mother figure. Sorry. You want to make your father proud? Never gonna happen. Grow up and stop treating this job like it is a dead-end road. My library is not a cul-de-sac. It is sacrosanct. Imogen was in shock. Sorka had completely overpowered her and demanded the respect that Imogen had so long ignored. That, this was change. This was how you say, very fucking attractive. Imogen grew closer to her new mentor and potentially men ma mating partner? 
I love your new outlook, Sorka, and not just the email system. I mean your personality and maybe body. Are you coming on to me, Imogen? Am I loud? I love authority. No, you don't. Shh. Imogen put the plastic but still scary gun to Sorka's mouth and then put the gun in her own mouth. Not COVID-19 friendly. Wash your hands. Sorka knew that she could rebuff such a display, but she wasn't going to. Because Sorka was only human. She took the gun lovingly out of Imogen's permanent retainer, sterilised it and placed it on her desk. Miss Imogen, Miss Imogen, you came into my library today and wanted to cause a fire. Little did you know, you already have. Where, Miss Manager of this great fucking library? You don't want to know. Imogen did want to know, so this true her. But Sorka going in for the kiss reaffirmed what was going to happen. They kissed throughout the whole day. But unbeknownst to Imogen and the public who were too afraid to question the passion at the front desk, Imogen's phone had been buzzing non-stop for hours. It was her father, Mr Imogen, or so she thought who unfortunately, on the way to orientation week, had been burned alive by a passing incinerator, which had been employed to burn drama socks on youth show programs, because it's a fucking college production, and let's spend money on student housing and stipends for fashion PhD students. Mr. Imogen was dead. But Imogen didn't care. Imogen had no more issues about authority because Sorka called the shots in the canteen. I'm just going to preface that Sorka was 24 and Imogen's 21, so it's legal. Anyway, Sorka still called the shots until she broke a plate and Imogen fell to the ground in pain. But Sorka was there to catch her fall and make her feel no more sharp pain. No more sharp pain. Remember... Glass bin, remember, misconduct in a kitchen. This was the most triggering thing to happen to Imogen. But Imogen was okay. Imogen had needed attention for so long. And now she was all circus, but not in an asymmetrical way. They had each other and it was very symmetrical. They found love in a hopeless place. Brita Bay. I'm tearing up while I write the conclusion to this moment of clarity. Two girls, one book, they'll say to their grandchildren while walking through the evergreen forest, hiding the fact that they never actually found their companionship through a book, rather through arson and maybe anal. Listeners, I hope you agree. I'm so happy for Imogen. She found her favourite thing. I told you at the beginning. Anyway, listeners, thank you for listening to the story of love, laughter and light dashes of literature. Many of you will not know this, but this story was the basis for Luca Guadagnino's actual legal movie, Call Me By Your Name. Please stay tuned for next week's episode, where Timothy Chalamet will discuss the imperfect and why he refused a cameo in the movie Dunkirk. I've been Denny Redmond, telling you the whole story.
Oh my God, listeners, one last thing. It's actually Timothy. Timothy. Shamale. Timothy. Just so you know, I love you, Timothy. So sorry. I'm so sorry. Bye.